Welcome to the Strut with Chili, TD, and Info Joe. Here's your other CCU sports roundup. On the 29th, which was a Friday, women's tennis was at the College of Charleston Halloween Invitational. They also played there on the 30th. Men's tennis was at the UNCW Invitational, also playing the next day on the 30th. Track and field participated in the Sunbelt Conference Championships. Results are pending. Women's volleyball lost to Troy 3-1. All those were on the 29th. On the 30th, men's soccer played host to Northern Kentucky, winning that game 4-1. On the third, men's soccer will be at College of Charleston. Women's soccer will be playing against Georgia Southern in the first round of the Sunbelt Conference Championship. Fans, you're all caught up. Now let's jump back into the strut. TD. Info Joe, Teal Nation, Strut Nation. Welcome to 54 minutes of the Georgia Southern Drinks Beer. Three head coaches in one year, going to Statesburg with no fear. We're here, Shauna Clears. They're stuck in first gear. We're going to kick them in the rear, take teal paint and smear all over that Eagles nest. CCU Sports Podcast called the Strut. They get better each week, TD. Hey, welcome in, welcome in, welcome in to another edition, another education and celebration of the strut podcast teal nation coastal carolina football i don't give a damn what the uh, cfp rankings tell us that we're not we know that we're 21st in the country we're 71 and half a game out of first place behind the crappineers from boone and uh to quote chili we have something special we are 24 hours removed from a very special birthday one joe cashin so all that, listen to the Strut Podcast and, and a part of Teal Nation. We need to send a warm, special, beautiful, smoochy happy birthday to one <laughs> Joe Cashin. I think we should get people on the Look Here Bubba talk back line singing happy birthday to Joe, and we can play it back next week. I like it. I like it. So I got a question. It says, you know, did Joe just get bronzed? <laughs> I think I did. You got to answer that. You got to answer I think it, I did. <laughs> I think I just got bronze. I appreciate it. You that. got bronze. <laughs> oh, Joe, you were in Statesboro. You found that intoxicating. Oh. Oh, man. Right Here on we top go. Of All right. So, strut. <laughs> you say shots podcast. fired. Here we go. I'm going to give you a heads up. It's, uh, it's you know, it's going to be one of those podcasts where we're going to be throwing a little bit out here and there, especially, you know, when uh, when it's Georgia Southern. And uh, there's always something brewing down there, and they've uh, literally they they're on their their third head coach. Hey, three more, and they'll have a six pack. Um, and uh, so we got a lot done. We got a lot. Done. That was terrible, I know, but we got a lot done. Pack between like the game, CFP rankings, half game out of first. Uh, I'm going to get on a slight soapbox. Keep it less than thirty seconds about the lack of fan participation at the last game, even though there was not a recorded lightning strike within a hundred miles of the stadium. And, uh, and then we'll pregame the Georgia Southern uh, brewmasters. And um, so we'll go from there. Chill. You want to break us down from the last game? 
Absolutely. This is the uh, happy hour version of the Strut Podcast. So we're looking at Detroit stats. Uh, Passing-wise, Coastal, McCall Les, 14 of 26 for 294, two touchdowns and a pick for Troy. Watson was their leading passer, uh, 17 of 30, 225, and three touchdowns. On the ground for Coastal, Shamari Jones, 14 carries, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Grayson was our second leading rusher this week. He had 15 carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown. For Troy Vidal, did I say it right, Vidal or Vidal? I don't know. Uh, uh, Vidal. 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 Okay. Sassoon. Thank you. He has <laughs> he had 22 carries for 142 yards and a touchdown. Receiving for Coastal, Highly, five catches, 116 and a touchdown. Bennett, two catches for 84 yards and, and a touchdown. Uh, likely five catches for 64 yards. For Troy, this was interesting to me. Uh, Johnson, four receptions, 88 yards and a touchdown. Barber, three catches, 54 yards and a touchdown. Uh, nine different Troy players had a reception in that game. Defensively for Coastal, Joe, in honor of your birthday, Enoch, Man Crush, McConzo, led Coastal with 11 total tackles, one solo and 10 assists. Kelly, 10 total tackles, three solo, seven assists. Uh, Watkins, nine total tackles, two solo, seven assists. Uh, other defensive stats, uh, sacks, Josiah Stewart and Jeffrey Gunner each had one and a half sacks. Uh, both had a forced fumble, and Gunter had a fumble recovery. So those are your numbers coming out of Troy. I had intended on having like a little trend that I was noticing, and I think we talked about it in, in previous podcasts, about how our penalties are becoming more and more of a factor week in and week out. I will effort to get that number for you as y'all are going through the breakdown, but I was going to include penalties, but I forgot to get it, but I will have that ready for y'all in just a couple of minutes. That's your Troy breakdown. Joe, always like to go with you, man. Thoughts, feedback, reflection, and concerns. I think I told you guys maybe in a text or something like that that I was concerned about where our heads would be after the app thing and after, you know, a little bit of an extra day perhaps. You know, the atmosphere, TD, you just kind of mentioned it. I mean, there really was a lot of energy in that place at kickoff. And we came out as flat as I was – fearing that we might, you know, I mean, we hadn't been three downs and out three times, I think in 73 possessions all season long. And we go three and out twice, start the game. I mean, just boom, boom. And Troy goes down and scores just like that. I'm thinking, wow, you know, I mean, we're, we're going to be in a fight here. We've got to figure out a way to get our heads in the game and make something happen. And then, you know, late, late there in the, uh, in the first quarter, we finally get something going. Grayson hits Javon with a 22-yarder on a rollout, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like the, the, the light came on, and our kids started to pick it up. And we got things going from an energy standpoint, and we wound up taking a two-score lead, and we kind of held that lead all the way through. You know, it wasn't the prettiest of victories, but on a dreary, rainy, just kind of meh night, you know, against a pretty good team. I mean, Troy's got some really good defenders over there. I bought that Bidell kid, that running back. We couldn't tackle him. We had a hard time containing him. Watson did a good job throwing the football, but our kids rose to the occasion, did what they had to do, made the plays. And then, of course, you know, everybody comes away thinking about the fake punt that Jamie ran with, you know, a little less than three minutes to go to keep us with the football and not punt it away. He didn't want to give it back to him. And I was thinking, you know, I thought if we punt this ball and they go score, they're going to go for two and try to go for the win. I was convinced they were going to do that. But Jamie said, you know what? He said, hey, no, no risk it, no biscuit. We're going, 
run CJ Brewer out there and tried a little Shauna clear chicanery and it came up first down and held on for the win. So it was good. It was good to get a win. Always good to get a conference win. We keep ourselves on pace with Appalachian state. We need them to stub their toe at some point. Maybe they will at Jonesboro this weekend, but that's the, uh, that's the, the radio booth view of, of uh, what happened last Thursday night. So from, from, from my perspective as a fan, looking at it, uh, you know, as a fan and, and trying to put my head in the helmet. And um, I was two things. One, I was very disappointed, and I'm going to say it right now. This is my 30-second soapbox. I was very disappointed in our fan base. And if you're listening to this, and I and I, those that text me and said that they listened to the last podcast and the reason they showed up or turned tuned in and listening to it strut style, you know, if they couldn't make it from out of town, something like that. I mean, great example, Chili lives in Charleston. You know, Thursday night's kind of tough. I get that, right? I get that. But we barely had 10,000 fans there for a team coming off of a pretty challenging loss at App State versus a Troy team who's pretty good. I mean, look, they're one of those better than your record says. They're, they're, look, they're, they're better ball club than the record says. Should we have beaten them by probably two and a half touchdowns? Absolutely. We should have. We should have stretched it to 17 to 20 points and stayed there, but and we didn't. But I'm look here, I'm, I'm gonna say it again. The next two home games are on the 13th at 2 p.m. versus Georgia State, and that's homecoming. The next one after that is Texas State on the 20th, uh, TBD. Both right now are ESPN Plus at a minimum, just like this weekend's ESPN Plus. And there is no reason, no excuse for those two home games, for us not to have almost 20,000 fans in those seats. As, a, as an alum and as a, as a letter winner, I was very disappointed in our turnout. Now, I'll say that. I'm very grateful for the 10,000-plus amount of fans that showed up, got wet, and there was not a lightning strike within 100 miles. That being said, though, I'll leave you with this, Strut Nation and also Teal Nation. There's an opportunity to, to learn from that. We are not App State, we are not Georgia Southern, we're not South Carolina, and we're not Clemson. We have not been playing football for 90-plus years. We have to – look, I'll never plead with you, but I'll encourage you and advocate this. If you want to be taken serious in this state and as a an emerging, sustained group of five school, especially with the teams that are coming in now since our last podcast, Marshall, Southern Miss, JMU, and ODU, you've got to show up, show out, and be loud. Because if you're not, their fans will. Let me tell you something. That Southern Miss fan base will travel. That ODU, JMU, Marshall will travel. App State will travel. Look at that next year's schedule and the year after, you know, uh, with what we already have, with what will be replaced with conference teams. We're going to have some opposing fan bases show up. So that being said, there's two more home games. We got a chance here, like Joe said, we are half a game out of first place. All App State has to do is stub their damn toe, and they can. I mean, they can. They sometimes play down their competition at times. And Arkansas State – now, Arkansas State can't stop anybody, but they can score with anybody. And who knows? But that game at Troy, we have to be in position. We got to win this week and win next week. If they lose that game at Troy, we're in the title game versus Louisiana or whomever, but we've got Louisiana. It's it's most likely Louisiana. So this is my call to action for you all. You've got two more home games to show this team, to show these kids 
how much they mean to this university and how much they mean to this program and to this future and to this community in this state and everybody, every alum that drives in, flies in, walks in or crawls in. All right. So I'll leave you with this. The game for me is I think we really need to consider uh, going to more of a three-man front for whatever reason. I believe we just – we we were able to scheme better with a three-man front at times. Uh, I understand it was wet, but I'm going I'm to critique this. We didn't tackle very well. Now, I understand that kid is the seventh best rusher in the country, and for good reason. If you didn't see him, he's only about 5'10 and weighs about – a you know, about – he looks like two old barrels put together, man. I mean, he, he's just a big old boy. And that's no excuse, though, man. We got to tackle better. Uh, I thought our offense actually – at times when we opened up the pass first and then came out of the run, I think we did better. I understand we like to be a, a run first team, but let me tell you something, the last two or three games, even back to App State and this game and one before it, Joe, Chili, I think we almost should come out and pass the ball first to open the run up right now because, again, I saw them, they stacked the damn box. They stacked the box as often as they could and uh, created some challenges at the line of scrimmage. So I think the only way to relieve that is we've got to go up top. And when we did, they couldn't. They couldn't hold us. They couldn't hold likely. They couldn't hold um, uh, Javon. Javon. Yeah. They couldn't hold uh, likely and highly, and they couldn't hold uh, Bennett out of the backfield. Joe, we talked about it. Finally, some of that Marable style offensive concepts getting the back out of the backfield. Maybe that built some confidence this week. So we'll see what we can put on film this week. But my wrap up is we got to tackle better and scheme better on defense. We still got burnt down the seam. They, if, if somebody has one receiver that can run up the hash, we're going to be challenged. Offense. Yeah, I went and yeah. Go ahead, Chuck. I went and looked while y'all were talking, too, just if I wanted to go back to the penalties thing. I think not only is it the number of penalties and yards we're getting, it's at unfortunate times, too. I think there was a play, Joe, help me out with this. There was a time where um, – we had like a third down stop, but we had an unsportsmanlike. We had a pass interference or something like that, and it you know, continued to Defensive drive for Troy. Defensive no, holding on Boykin. Okay, that's right. Was, that's by right. the way, I went back and watched that. That was crap. That was great defense. He did not hold that kid whatsoever. Had an interception. Mm -hmm. Turnover. That's it was it was. Turnover. Exactly. Yeah, because one of y'all, I think – I think TD, you know, you texted me because I was sitting here watching the game, and I got a chance to see replays over and over. And um, it was definitely not defensive holding. I think what I texted about the UTD was it was within the five yards. He could still be physical. Plus, the guy kind of pushed off him to come back, and that's when the ball went past him. So same I, same call. No way else interference for holding. They called that on him at App State too, which I thought was garbage. He he absolutely tore Hennington up at App State that one time, and they called pass interference. Boykin, I tell you what, he came from ODU. He transferred in. I tell you what, that kid. The more he's on the field, Joe, the more you can see his confidence growing. Yeah. And he, let me say something. He, he, he caught he, – he put a lockdown on a few of those receivers. But, and I could tell by the end of the game, it was interesting. They didn't really start throwing his way that much after, about the, after that interception. Yeah, and the uh, penalty numbers, I looked them up for the last two games against Troy and against App. Both, penal, both games we had seven penalties. Uh, uh, App State, we had seven penalties for 76 yards, and against Troy, we had seven for 55 yards. Um, we're not used to having that many because the game before, the Arkansas State game, we only had three for 25 yards. So I was trying to develop some kind of idea about a trend, how we were doing as far as penalties go, because 
it, it, I think maybe it's more like the timing of them, like on a third down penalty to continue a drive for our opponent, which is also hurting our defense, keeping them out there too long when the drive should be over after a third down stop. And I, the defensive holding was what I was thinking about. Thanks on that one. But it was another penalty somewhere else that our um, offense did that killed a drive early on too. Because like Joe, you said a while ago, we came out so flat in that game against Troy. It was almost it was really kind of hard to watch because I'm like, this is not coastal. This is not who we are. We all, we're not that we're not that dull. We're not that flat. We came out usually we're fired up and ready to play, but it just did not look well. Maybe I'm not gonna say the weather, but TDU hit it too because there was the the cameras would pan back to the stands, and I'm like, there's just so many empty seats. You know, I'm stuck down here in Charleston wishing I could go to the game. Mm-hmm. And I've got my seats and nobody's sitting in them. But I'm sitting here screaming at the TV, where's everybody at? CD, I think you nailed it, to be honest. Well, I'll add this real quick. I'm looking back, and if your math is correct, which I'm going to trust you because you're a South Carolina education leader, I'll say it that way. If that math is right, that means prior to the App State game, we only had 30 penalties which basically is about five penalties a game. And in the last two games, we've had seven per. And that's right. We were the least penalized team in the Sun Belt last year and even the year before. And now we're about middle of the road. And I think, like you said, I don't think it's the fact that we're getting penalized. It's the fact that when the penalties are coming, just like it happened, just like this game. But here's my thing. We had opportunities. We found a way to gut it out. How good are you going to be? when your character's tested and our character was tested fan base didn't really show out raining wind swirling coming off of a loss playing a pretty you know pretty gritty opponent right they're four and four but troy's always a gritty team they're going to hang around we found a way to win right i can remember when i played joe can remember calling those games we had a few games like that you just find a way to win man and it's hey i'll take a Ugly win over a beautiful loss any day. Absolutely right, especially one in a conference coming off a game like we had at App State too. That's just that was something I just I really wanted to see us come out and look good. Uh, after the touchdown, we scored the first touchdown. We looked a whole lot better, more pep in our step. But at the same time, there was still some of that stuff that we looked kind of rusty. And I I, I, I kind of go back. I don't want to blame anything, but this schedule. I don't like it. Wednesday night games, Thursday night games, the week after that, and the bye week, and you come back and play, you know, Monday afternoon, followed by a Thursday morning game. It just was ridiculous, the schedule we've had to go through these last couple of weeks. I like Saturdays, and I know y'all do too, but I, I don't know if that schedule threw us off. I'm not making an excuse or anything. Just It's hard as a fan to kind of get on board with it too. I know it's kind of fun in the whole fun belt thing, and App State played somebody on a Tuesday night a few weeks ago too. I just I'm not buying the whole Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday games for for some belt action. Now y'all may disagree, and that's fine. I just for me, I didn't really get into it. Maybe that threw us off a bit too of our schedule, you know, being regimented through the season and and being able to you know get on your um, I guess just get on your schedule for lack of a better word. I you know the the I think you make a good point because Jamie talked about this on his radio show. It, it's hard for those kids. You know, to, to do these, you know, Thursday, you know, Wednesday with a bye week, then another Thursday game you're having to deal with this kind of stuff. We played Thursday to open, then a Friday the week after that. I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of get into a rhythm 
as opposed to playing every Saturday and having those games at, you know, each and every Saturday, like you're kind of used to. So it, it's hard to you know, figure out what the game week is, you know, what's your, you know, what's your traditional game week. You, know, you play Saturday, come in Sunday for treatment. You may do a little light practice. Some coaches give their guys Monday off some practice on Monday, depending on what they do on Sunday. And then you lead down into Saturday where you have your last practice Thursday, walk through Friday, play Saturday, and then rinse, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. You have this disjointed schedule. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that is kind of maybe a bit of a factor. Now, all these other teams have to do the same thing we do. So, you know, but, yeah, I think it is a factor to, to, to have to play an unusual type schedule like this. Now, having said that, you know, like I've also said, you know, I said this on another podcast earlier this week, I, I love the opportunities to be on national television. I mean, you know, when we, made the, when we made the move, this is kind of one of the reasons why we wanted to do that, to get our brand out there. And I would never – you know, discount that or say, yeah, that, you know, throw that to the, throw that to the curb and act like it's not important. It is important to have our brand out there when we're, you know, sometimes the only game in town, but absolutely. I think it is a factor sometimes maybe. And if, if, you know, that things don't look, you know, look like they typically might look when we're playing. Look, I agree. By, with by, by, by the way, 44 penalties this year for coastal uh, we're tied for fourth in the Sunbelt conference. Uh, so, and we average, you know, about, you know, five penalties a game. So, yeah, yeah, that's, and so to, for what my two cents is worth, uh, you know, putting my, putting the helmet back on Joe's right. You get in a rhythm, you get in, you get in a rhythm of knowing the cadence of your week, knowing your rehab during the week, knowing what it takes to get your body ready for Saturday, like throwing a Thursday game in there is actually not a bad idea. You know, it, it, it mixes it up, but but these, this this Tuesday, or excuse me, this Thursday, then a Wednesday, then a Thursday, and there's an off week, like Chili said. It does, man. And look, for everybody listening to this podcast, I, oh, they're 18, 20-year-old kids. These are not – this isn't – this is their job. They're going to class. They're going to work, as in football. And imagine if you're going to your 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and it got completely disjointed for about the better part of 30 days because that's about what happened. If you go back and look, it's about 25 to 30 days that this thing gets disjointed, and it gets you off rhythm, right? You go out sick for a week, right? Or your kid gets sick for a week or fill in the blank. you got to find that rhythm back, but you get in that cadence. It does. Gentlemen, y'all are right. Just, again, putting the helmet back on and looking through the face mask of, of when we played um, it, it can mess you up. It absolutely can mess you up. So, um, but hey, let's let's put a let's put a bowl on this with any final thoughts and, and reflection. And let's let's move forward. Let's talk about Georgia Southern, the poll question, and, and what we got in front of us. Because there is a look for all things. There's still a ton of opportunity the next four weeks. Teal Nation, Strut Podcast Nation. A quick break right here for, and I'll edit this. We got about seven and a half minutes on this, and then I'll probably have to throw up another meeting real quick. So just y'all, so y'all know. Gotcha. So we can um, edit that, come back to it. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Well, I mean, we can. No, I mean, we okay. can come back and pick up wherever. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when we got about thirty seconds left. I'll start waving my hand. We got thirty seconds. So yeah, that way, yeah, that way we can wrap it up, and then we can come back to something new. Gotcha. Sounds good. Um, the so, Twitter results. For this uh, previous poll, uh, it was the second highest vote getting poll we've had so far, y'all. And we've had some pretty good turnouts. Um, the question was for you, Teal Nation, Strut Nation, to pick the best running, running back, excuse me, 
in the group that I presented as far as it went, Mike Tolbert, CJ Marable, Lorenzo Taliaferro, and um, Hop. And your winner with 44% of the vote, y'all want to guess who it was? Or do y'all already know? Go ahead. All right, it was Hop, 44%. Yep, yep. Oh, Hop Henderson. Somerville came in second. Marable was in second with 27, Tolbert with 25%, and then last place, Zoe with 4%. I thought he'd have a little higher number. And I had hmm. some people who tweeted to me that they really thought the best single season for a running back in coastal history was Talia Farrow's season that he had that year. Zobot. I would absolutely agree with that. I mean, he went for Zobot. over 1,700 yards and 26 touchdowns. I mean, no one's ever had a single season with those kind of numbers, not even high. So, yeah, I mean, that, that 2013 season – you know, he, he was the guy. I mean, every, I remember that because we thought Hop was going to be the guy. I mean, we heard about him. You know, he was going to win the job, and he, yeah, <laughs> you, you couldn't get Zoe off the field. I mean, that was a phenomenal year, 2013, for him. I think that's what's unique about this podcast is I think it's, it's, it's something that it's our stewardship to the program to remind folks about things what Joe just said. And I, that's what I enjoy having Joe on about. I mean this wholeheartedly is – I think that's how we bridge the gap from day one uh, practicing at the Fowler Farm with no sod to current day where we are now talking Fowler about. Farm. Yeah, the old Fowler Farm. For those that didn't know, that's what we called it back when we first started. And by the way, the first week of practice, there was no grass on the field. None. Zero, zilp. The grass, actually, there was. It was where they chewed it up and come back and lay sod over the weekend so then we could go and practice at high schools. But – you know, I think, too, again, kind of that first episode of the porch episode, as we call it, that Chili and I call it the porch episode, to now. I think I think that's the stewardship. And I think we that's how we keep our fan base accountable to our history, Joe, is what you just said right there, just reminding people how great some of these seasons were and these young men. And, um, you know, God rest Lorenzo. Indeed. Um, yep. Too he, had, he had a smile, man. Way Very affectionate smile. And uh, I think that's how we remember guys who played. And, and then eventually if this thing goes where I think it can with this podcast and this, what we're doing is it's our job. It's our stewardship to everybody to, to remind them about certain seasons and games and, and uh, players. So thank you all for that. Jilly, what we got now? So our new Twitter poll, and I think we're going to get a lot of laughs out of this one because I got I like inspired. It. That Weird, right? We do that. Um, I was inspired by one of our new – Sunbelt members. One of my personal favorite sports movies of recent years is We Are Marshall. I love that movie. And in honor, I guess not in honor, but just I guess in recognition of Marshall joining the Sunbelt, this week's Twitter question. Inspired by We Are Marshall, who would play Coach Chadwell in a coastal football movie? Here are your four choices. He's rolling his eyes already. No, Josh man. Brolin. Great. <laughs> Josh Brolin, Bradley Cooper, Jake Gyllenhaal, or Matthew McConaughey. See, you got one? Look, I'm I'm a little partial to McConaughey. I mean, dude, dude can play a football coach, but he's already people, played it. People with... confuse you and him in public, by the way. No, absolutely not. God, don't, don't, <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's uh, Bradley Cooper. Cooper, I could, I could see that. I could kind of see that. I could kind of so see. I like that question. I like that question. 
That's I a good too. poll I like question. McConaughey. I like McConaughey. My wife listens to this, and she's 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 you know that's that's her man. And well, uh, I made it a point to um, tag Coach Chadwell in the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do that in the hopes that Mrs. Chadwell saw it. Yeah, there we go. So that's that's what I'm trying to have happen here. So I want I want some I want some discussion on this one this time. I'll, I'll give you discussion. So I, I look from my perspective, I think McConaughey would be great, but he just he played We Are Marshall. That's why I think, you know, after after seeing Bradley Cooper in uh, Sniper, he can play a he's got a range there that he can play. So I, I could totally see him playing. Totally see him playing that. I think it'd be kind of cool if we had somebody who could do impressions, if they could pull off like maybe doing an impression of Bradley Cooper using one of Coach Chadwell's lines, like he's using, like he's getting interviewed at halftime. Like I can hear McConaughey say, hey, no risk it, no biscuit, man. Something like that on the way into he the locker room. That'd be funny. That'd be funny. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, y'all, no risk, no risk it, no biscuit right here. We've got to go and see you here. See you in a minute. I can, I can see him running off the field. That reminds me. You asked about David Bennett and, and, and David Bennettisms. I had one come up right after the show last time. Coach Bennett, when we played, y'all, in the pregame, I got to do it now because it's on my mind. And it's, I think it's a great segue. But he'd be talking to us. This team out here has got five transfers from, from blah, 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 blah. And we'd be like, damn, all right, here we go. We're going to play some D1 talent. Here we go now. He goes, we're going to run it up on him right here today. We're going to get ahead by two touchdowns. He goes, I love you. We're going to win it. I'll see you out there, and I'll see you back at halftime. And it took to about my junior year. I looked at Simp one time. I said, Simp. He said, yeah, TD. I said, where the hell's coach going to be? He said, what you mean? I said, he acts like he ain't going to see us for the next two quarters. I'll see you back here at halftime. <laughs> like, we're all just going to go different directions or something. <laughs> I'm like, oh. man, he did that at Catawba, too, man. I, I don't understand it either. I was like, all right. So if he ever doesn't come back, should we be worried? <laughs> Good question to ask. Oh man! And then uh, I uh, man, I tell you what, they're gonna come back to me. Uh, that's one thing I wish some of the guys that listen to this—I know they do—that play with me. They, uh, I wish they text and and call in and leave some messages or, or or tweet or Instagram or whatever Facebook. Some of the old sayings he had. Um, it was that'd be a good was, segment to do, like during the offseason, just some minutisms and just go through them and give us some context and hit right into some of those sayings. Because all of us had tailgated those first years, we all yeah. did a Bennett impression. So, I mean, we all had like our little things we'd do too. Well, well, I'll tell you what, it was good. It was good to uh to hear and see that again. I saw Coach Bennett the last game, and then apparently, I think he might be coming to one of the two home games here soon, from what I was told. So, that, that's good to. Good to see old Coach Bennett come back. But, uh, hey, we got another one coming up here uh, here soon. Um, we've got uh, we've got the old Georgia Southern Screaming Eagles down there in old Statesboro. Chili, I know you've probably got a, 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 a daggum query full of, of little quips and fun little – Well, thoughts. all I can say is that as we jump into Georgia Southern by the numbers here, I'm just going to socky it to you. I got something brewing over here. So I'm going to go ahead and just jump right in and you know, we'll just, I'll do a shot-by-shot shot breakdown of Georgia Southern. So, passing-wise, Tomlin's a leading passer. Excuse me, Tomlin, leading passer. 61 for 117 on the season with 786 yards. 
He's had one touchdown pass, seven interceptions. As a team, they had eight interceptions total. I'm out. <laughs> one damn touchdown pass? Two, well, two total, but he's the leading passer. He has one and somebody else has another one. I feel like that should be a scene out of the movie Major League. One damn hit. We got one damn <laughs> uh, Rushing uh, right is our leading rusher. He has 654 yards on the season with six touchdowns. The second leading rusher is Green with 391 and five touchdowns. Receiving-wise, Hood, 22 receptions for 282. On the season, overall, they are two and six, one and four in Sun Belt play. They opened up the year with a 30-25 win over Gardner-Webb, lost the next three to Florida Atlantic, 38-6, Arkansas, 45-10, then against Louisiana, 28-20, bounced back against Arkansas State, 59-33. I think that was the first game of the interim head coach was the Arkansas State win. Yep, that um, was a, yes. win. Yep, yep, that was that a very cool. sobering win for Georgia Southern. Um, then next three games, losses. At Troy, 27-24. At South Alabama, 41-14. And then just recently at Georgia State, 21-14. to Did they win or lose that game, you said? For Georgia State? Yeah. They lost that one, 21-14. The fighting Sean Elliott's come through. Jack That's Cashman. it. Spirits were so high in Georgia that night. Technically, it, since they won, does that? oh, they lost. Never mind. So they didn't right. fall off. Okay. They didn't fall off the wagon. Come on, Joe. You got one for me on that one, don't you? <laughs> Joe, Joe just got a smirk to him right now. He's letting us roll right now. He just hey, rolls his eyes at me at this point, y'all. We got a challenge ahead of us. It's down in Statesboro, and they don't care if we're ranked or not ranked. Um, they didn't like how we they lost last year, and we've got – you know, I'm looking back at it. The overall series, we're five – they lead it five to two, but um, over the last, what, four years, we've beaten them – the last two years in a row, is that correct? No, we lost. We lost them last time we went over there in three overtimes. That's right. That's right. That was when the dance off happened. Yeah, that was that was that the was dance quiet. off. Yeah, dance off. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's um. Yeah, we're gonna try to forget that. We but, stopped fourth uh, and five in that first overtime, and we went seventeen to ten. We couldn't stop them. They went for the downs and hit us. Hit us with a big one, and yeah. we lost in three overtimes. Yeah. You know. Well, it's interesting, you know. So. Um, you know, in the last the la so basically the last couple of years, it, this game has been pretty tight. It's just like Troy. For whatever reason, we play them tight, and um, you know, this is gonna be another one. But you know, right now, I think it's about a twenty point spread. Um, I'm Joe. I'm interested to see what you say. I've got my thoughts and my notes on this game. Uh, you know, I think we need to go over there and take care of business. I think we need to go out ready to play. You know, I, I, we need to, we need some style points. I mean, that's clear. And I don't, I don't even think that would help us much. And, you know, the college football playoff, you know, charade such that it is, I, you know, they're banged up. They've got an interim coach. Of course, they just, you know, they're going to introduce Clay Helton on Thursday as their new coach. And that's certainly very interesting to see how the fan base will react to that. But, you know, they're, they're a banged up team. They're in transition. They've got another interim coach like they had back in 2017. And, I, you know, we, we, we need, we need to go over there and, and put these guys away, go, go play and put these guys away, get up on them, you know, don't, you know, go squander a lead or anything like that. Go, go over there focused, ready to go, get them off the field when we can. 
and uh, and and go win this football game. I, I really, that's to me, that's it's really not complicated. I agree. It's it, look, it's their triple option offense. They 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 throw the ball only when they have to. Look, we're gonna talk about it like it's it's the Citadel 2.0, right? It's the Citadel 2.0, and get them behind the sticks as often and as early as early as often as possible. Get them behind the sticks. Second and eight, second and nine, something like that. Third and seven or more. Make it to where they don't have a choice but to pass the ball. That is not their strength. Um, I agree with Joe. You know they run. Uh, they run a three-four defense, base defense. Their secondary uh, is challenged at best. You know, for me, again, it goes back to what I said earlier. I think, to me, I think one thing to do is to get out early, come out, and just spread the damn football around, throw it, spread it around, sling it around, three and four wide, back out the backfield, and Katie bar the door. I mean. Some is good, more is better. I, you know, I say this humbly, but I'm like Joe. You know, just absolutely wear them out. And if there's a chance to put seven more up in the last minute, put seven more up. We got to go out and prove a point in the next four games. So we do, yeah. I, I, you know, if if so, for what Joe's referencing is a couple of things. One, if you didn't know, the CFP came out Tuesday night, and we are not ranked. We are one of five teams that were ranked that are now not ranked, and we're replaced by five teams who most likely should not be right. And we're going to let that pan out. But the only thing we can control are two things. Our effort and our attitude were three things and our execution. So we got to win the next four ball games and stay pace with App State because here's how it works. You win the next four ball games, they slip up. We're in the title game. Most likely we're, we're re-ranked by the end of the year and we're right there, right? So we didn't fall out of the AP. We didn't fall out of the coaches. We're still 21st in that. But right now what matters is beating the hell out of Georgia Southern on Saturday at 6 p.m. down in Statesboro, right? And then celebrating with, you know, what's that? What's 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 the old saying? Pop, party on plane. Party on plane. Party on plane. Instead of be on the on the bus this time. <laughs> so with Pop, party on bus. But don't worry, you know, I'm I'm sure after the game's over with, they'll have a kegerator in the Georgia Southern locker room to to drown their sorrows. But it's we need to go and we need to go take care of business. I have you know I have some analytics on this that I can briefly talk about. Is is one. We need to establish the pass first, then run second. I think there's special teams plays. I think we can get um, the striking Viking uh, around the corner and block another punt, uh, the Minnesota kid. Uh, and then I think it's time our defense needs to put up or shut up when it comes to the run right now. Again, love all those kids, not doubt them, but these they got three backs there that are not – I want to say they're, they're talented as Vidal but they're big, they're strong, and they move piles. So for us, Joe said it, establish it early, whatever we're going to do, run or pass, establish it early, stay on top, spread the lead, keep spreading around, and get as many guys in as possible. We need to we need to pull a Steve Spurrier right here. We need to score early and often and improve and, 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 and really sh- you know, shake some minds up to some of the voters because that's the only way that we can get back in the top 25. And that does matter, y'all. It does matter. Uh, currently, right now, the game's on ESPN Plus, so we'll see. Um, I expect uh, a good crowd down there because they don't like us like App State doesn't like us. They don't like us either. And uh, the one thing I'm, I'm going to say that I'll leave with this as there's no analytics on it. Can we control the seven inches between our head? I said it last week. 
I saw it last week. Joe, you were at the game. Chile, you watched her from home. There are times where our guys, I think some of those penalties that Chile addressed, that uh, Joe, you addressed, I think they come for the simple fact of we're more worried about running our mouth sometimes than we are executing the play. I'll, I'll say that just as blunt as I can. I think that comes through on TV sometimes, too. I've seen plays. Joe, I don't know what your perspective is versus what I see on TV. I know you're up in the box and you have a big wide view of everything going on, but Y'all know sometimes TV can kind of zoom in on, you know, like a post play. And there were a couple of plays against Troy where, like, for example, Grayson, I think, got hit late a couple of times. I think yeah. there was some extra characters after the Four play that got tackled. Yeah. Yep. So it, on TV coverage, um, they would zoom right in. You could see Grayson through his face mask running his mouth back at Troy, which, I, I mean, I'll be honest with y'all, on the mullet minute when I talked to Isaiah Likely, we recorded it last night. Um we touched on some of the trash talk and how he as a player and a teammate of Grayson loves that about him. And he's that competitor. Even when he gets knocked down, he gets right back up and gets right in the face of the guy who hit him. And it makes you playing around him want to get up and go fight with him and fight for him. I totally get that. And I totally agree with that. But I think sometimes we do get caught up in that little trash talk, that little ebb and flow of, you know, I just, you know, I got a good one liner on you as opposed to getting in the end zone pasture sometimes. I, I think that does happen. But I think that happens to about everybody who gets caught up in that as opposed to focusing on what your job and what the task at hand is. I think you do have – sometimes people do get caught up in trying to win the one-liner war as opposed to winning the football war or whatever sport you're playing and trying to beat that person in front of you. We're, we're not unlike any other football team in the country. No. That's right. Football players do that kind of stuff. And That's right. The last couple of games, yeah, we, we've gotten a couple of penalties – and gotten a little bit distracted at times. I mean, that, that's been there for all the world to see, but we're not any different than anybody else. We've got a bunch of competitors out there. And Grayson yeah. did get hit a couple of times. He got lit a little yeah, bit in that game. They, they tried to warm him up a little bit a couple of times the other week, and, you know, they weren't called for it. So that's just going to ramp it up a little bit, right? So, yeah, but the point is taken that we, we need to make sure that we don't get caught up in that kind of stuff. We've got a lot of seniors and super seniors on this team who've been around the block, who should know better. And, and by and large, they did. I don't I don't have not detected a, a pattern of, you know, one after another after another. I mean, every now and then we've got a guy that'll, you know, draw a flag, and we've had that over the last couple of weeks. But, you know, all in all, you know, football players are going to – they're going to chirp at each other, TD. You know this. They're going to chirp. Yeah. They're going to yap. They're going to try to get in the other guy's head. And that's the way it works. So, you know, hopefully, yeah, hopefully Georgia, Georgia Southern tries that kind of nonsense. You know, we we will not get caught up in that stuff. And we'll just take care of it. I hope not. I hope not because they did it the last two years. I saw it, Joe, at the end of the game, at the end of the half going in when when it was a top ball game, when uh, Fred Payton was here and, and he had to, you know, and that look, that's, that was part of gutting it out, right? Fred came in, led us yeah. to a victory. And uh, good to see. By the way, I want to give a shout out because, look, once, a, hey, once you're Sean Clear, always a Sean Clear. Shout out to Fred Payton out at Mercer. Got him playing well. Good young man. We talked about it at the very first podcast year. We wish him nothing but the best. He's a good kid, quality kid, and uh, good to see. I checked in on him today. I, te I texted y'all about that. I think they're six and two or seven and two, and, and got a chance to make the playoffs in the FCS. I, I wish him nothing but the best, honestly. That's a good check in, too. Yeah, yeah. they're leading the SOCON right now. That's right. Good for him. Proud of him. He looked, he was recruited as a shot. 
he's a product of Nick Johnson's teams down there in Georgia. And, you know, yeah. shout out to Nick. And, again, that's bridging that gap. Once a Sean Clear, always a Sean Clear. So, but I'll say this. Joe's right. People are going to talk smack. They're going to talk junk. I think some of it, too, is it comes on that that little chippiness that's happened at the end of plays. Because Grayson has taken some some late hits that ultimately – you know, he 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 could use it as motivation and, and sometimes it can be a slight distraction at times. But again, um he's a competitor. He's a competitor. He's a competitor. You love that about him. Fig was that competitor. Fig was that Fig got that way. Al Tross got a little bit that way too. And I look, you'd rather have a kid like that. So point being is they're gonna talk. So for those that are listening, look, that's not calling our kids out. It's just something if you know that that's part of your bravado, your personality, your culture. You got to also be able to have a mechanism to be accountable to yourself and say, okay, I got to dial it in. Okay. I've, I've said my piece. I got my one line. I got to, I got to get dialed in. And um, because Georgia Southern's going to do that. They got nothing to lose y'all. What are they? They're two, two and six. six. Two and I mean, six. Yeah. They got nothing to lose. They do. They would love nothing better than to get in our heads and, and talk a little junk and, and try to get a W here, but um, throw first team. special teams play defense just needs to wrap up and play assignment football with a triple option. That, that's my what you're saying is in Georgia Southern, we're going to be taking some shots. Yeah. They might be kind of stout when they hit yeah. us. Yeah. It might feel like you might need a chaser afterwards. But all in all, at the end of the day, we hope a few have a few guys go in the draft. He's on fire. <laughs> that that yes. was all made up on the spot. Yes, right? Chili. That was on the fly. <laughs> um, so – Again, for us, look, we just got to keep we, – we got to take care of business. We, we, Joe said it. We need to wash away out with last week. We need to put, we need to put the last eight games behind us. We got a four-game season ahead of us, and that four-game season is to absolutely hammer the hell out of the next four point opponents to make a point and, and get our fan base out. So, uh, what we got next? Well, and, we, and one more thing about Jordan. So, we can't model it up. <laughs> Jeez, he's got a list over there, man. I made a word about You know, I'm just checking them all. He's, he's, he's got a list of them over there, Joe. I know. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Um, the visual is the best part of this because I, I look up after I say something, I see both of y'all rolling your eyes. That's really the best part. That's, that's what I'm going for. Whatever the fans do of this podcast in their cars or at home and listening, whatever. Hey. My Red. audience is Joe and Travis. Whenever I say, whenever you guys roll your eyes, or Joe just kind of goes, "Oh my God, did he really just say that?" That's my that's my motivation right there. Well, I'll give you this one for what's worth, just to kind of Red Cup CFB. For those that don't follow it, Red Cup CFB, Red Cup football, college football, uh, they do a weekly kind of little awards, if you will. We were voted the best uniform last week, going all black at home. So, uh, for what it's worth, I hope we go. I hope we go all white with teal helmets down at uh down at Southern. I hope I we go all white, white cleats, white socks, white belts, white shoes, white underwear, white undershirt, white eyelash, white whatever, and 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 go teal helmets and uh and just put a W on those teal helmets. I don't want any more bad juju on those helmets. So looking around the Sun Belt this week, y'all. Um, Thursday night, Georgia State four and four at number twenty four. Louisiana, who is seven and one, on Saturday, six and two App State at one and seven Arkansas State, four and four ULM at two and six Texas State, five and three South Alabama is at four and four Troy, 
And then our game, number 21, Coastal, at 7-1 and one now, at 2-6, and six, Georgia Southern. Y'all want to go through and just kind of pick them? Y'all want to pick like a game of the week we're looking at outside of, you know, our personal favorite team? Y'all, y'all got one that's kind of catching your eye? We can run through here I, real quick and make some fast picks here. Yeah, let's run through and get some fast picks. I want to hear Joe's Joe's thoughts on a few of them because I got just just a quick quick little thought on one or two of them. Not all of them. I think this Thursday night thing with Georgia State at Louisiana could be, could be extremely interesting. Now, I know it's not going to – I guess it would affect us you know, in, in so far as if Georgia State loses, I mean, we have them coming up next week, so we can still beat them and get, you know, get a leg up there. But I mean, what Louisiana team are you going to deal with? You know, I mean, this is a Georgia State team that's got a new quarterback now. You know, I mean, Quad Brown hopped in the transfer portal. I mean, he was their guy last year and he just did not get it done this season for them. And so the Darren Granger kid from Furman, kid from Conway, you know, he's their quarterback. I, I find that a fascinating game. You know, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Georgia State hang around and you know, maybe have a chance late in that game against Louisiana, depending on what Louisiana team is there. So, Chile, let's start there. Let's start Louisiana and Georgia State since it's Thursday night. Uh, I agree. I regrettably have to pick Louisiana because someone gave me a hard time about the picks I do on this podcast. I got a text from someone that we're not going to rely on your picks. Well, guess what? I'm picking Louisiana. Rely on that one. Watch there it. There you go. Um, well, I still call them loser, Anna, though. Loser Anna, loser yes. Anna, won't you lose for me? There we go. Right, here we go. Uh, I, I, look, I'm gonna take Louisiana, but Joe's right. I think they they play up and down their competition. They really do, man. And they're on their own group on their podcast. Talk about that. They do. They play up and down their competition, man. And um, I think they ultimately win. But I think Georgia State makes it competitive. I if they too. can learn, I, I think if they can learn from what App State did. About you got to stay in the game early there. Stay in the game early, and you got a chance with Louisiana because the longer it goes where you're a one-score game with them, it affects their play calling like it does anybody. I mean, that's obvious for those that don't know. But, but again, Louisiana wins, but in the words of Lee Corso, let me get my pencil here, closer than the experts think. Fair enough. App State at Arkansas State. Got it. I'm going to have to pick crap state, I guess. Me too, but I, you know, this this could be a this could be a landmine game for them. I hope so. <laughs> this a, is one of those games you look at. You look at like six and two App State, and App State is App State. But then you got Arkansas State at one and seven. This is one of those games you kind of say to yourself, well, what if App is a little bit off in one facet of their game, and we know Arkansas State is going to throw it all over the yard? TD, just hear me out. What if they're just a little bit off? And maybe Butch Jones can just figure out what to do at home against App State. What if? I'm not picking Arc State, by the way. I'm just saying, what if? No, that's not going to happen. I, I agree. Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it may be interesting for a little bit, but our chance, we need to be Troy fans next weekend. Big Troy fans next weekend. Hashtag go Troy. Absolutely. Trojan man. <laughs> Joe, what do you think about App State, Arc State? I think App will win, but I think Arc State can yeah, – who, who knows, man? Who knows what happens one week to the next? I mean, who thought Arc State would point, be with man. them? They score points. Who knows? I mean, who thought that you know, Louisiana would have a problem with them? You know? <laughs> they won that game by one point, right? 28-27? 
Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, where, where did Ark State all of a sudden discover defense? That was like a foreign word to them. It wasn't in the dictionary. Uh-huh. I'm not, I'm not so sure they've really discovered it. I just, you know, they fell into it. They, they kind of stumbled into it a little bit in that game. Yeah, you don't call the guy who was in the boat that fell out of the boat the guy who discovered water. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, four and Louisiana Monroe at two and six, Texas State. That could be a good ball game, guys. Yeah. I'm going to go Monroe. I'm going to go the, I'm going to go Monroe. I'm going to go Monroe too. Doug Dynasty across the board. Five and three, South Alabama at four and four, Troy. Uh, that's a, this, this a good one right here. The, that's the game of the week. Yes. Just toss up. Okay, this, step is out of the, uh, this is for the belt, right? The, the, yes. the Battle of the belt. You got it. Battle of the belt. That's right. The Bama belt. I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to go first. I've been pulling for them off and on all year. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going USA in this one just because i got to be consistent. That's right. You um, miracles? Yes. I'm gonna go Troy because I think I think Troy's run. I think Troy's I think Troy's a better team than their four and four record. I honestly do. Um I'm gonna go Troy yeah. too. They're playing at home. I'm gonna give them the yeah, home field I'm gonna go Troy. I'm gonna go Troy. up on me. <laughs> I know who we're picking in the coastal Georgia Southern games. I guess we're okay on that one, right? Yeah. All right. So uh one more thing before we get to the uh trivia question this week. Uh, just on Twitter, on the um, our Twitter handle, the Strut Podcast, just this week, I don't know if you guys heard, but I got tweeted this one day ago on our Strut Podcast Twitter account that there's a brand new Coastal podcast. Some students in Coastal have gotten together and started one up, and they're exclusively on Spotify. And um, I sent them a tweet, you know, welcome aboard to the, to the fabulous world of Coastal sports podcasting and all the riches and fame they can expect from it. But I also wanted just to kind of wish them good luck because they're students that are putting it together. So I want to see them do well because I think it'd be good for us and be good for them to kind of collaborate. So not collaborate, but just kind of support them and and give them a shout out. Their show is called The Shant Show. And it's found exclusively on Twitter. Uh, Someone who heard it tweeted The Shant Show and then us together and he was making people aware. Sean Talk on Twitter said that Coastal now has multiple podcasts for your listening pleasure. Shouted out the Sean Show on Spotify. And then said, we also have the Strut Podcast that airs weekly. If you're a fan, you want to get more involved in CCU Athletics, these are the two places you want to start. So that's pretty nice. cool that we've got that going on. Good for them, man. That's what we need, man. That's what we need. That's yeah, awesome. We need a lot more me. of that. Yeah, we we do, do. I, I think that's really encouraging. That's awesome. Maybe we can have them on for a, for a few minutes one day between now and the end of the year. How about that? Hey, who is this on? Joe? I saw was WCCU or it's like a radio. Student radio. Uh, Student radio. radio. Yeah. Let's give them a shout out on this thing, man. They've been showing up at the games too, and that's awesome. WCCU radio. I started tweeting back with them too, back and forth, just to you know, share awareness, like let them know we're here and all that good stuff. So they know we're here, and I've been tweeting to them. TD, you ready for your trivia? Yeah. All right. So here we go. Joe, you're going to like this one. All right. I thought about you with this, but I want to try and stump TD again. So TD, I need you to clear your mind. Think about the three head coaches we've had at Coastal. And I want you to place the three head coaches in order of highest to lowest winning percentage. Highest to lowest winning percentage? 
Yes. Joe, look at me. Joe, it goes, it goes Joe Mo, mm -hmm. DB, and then Jamie. You are correct. Mm -hmm. Right out the box. Moglia at 71.8%, Bennett 61.8%, and Chadwell 59.1%. I should have had a bonus question when you guessed the percentage. Bro, don't, don't do that to me. <laughs> You're a numbers guy. Um, you can find us on Twitter, at The Strut Podcast, same handle on Instagram, our Facebook page conveniently called The Strut Podcast. You can hit us up on the Look Here Bubba talk back line with anything you want to come up. We've had a few things offered so far. No one, nobody listens to our podcast has even challenged me on our rap battle. So I'm still waiting on that. You also can you know, send birthday wishes to Joe. We may play them on the air. If you sing them, we're definitely going to play them on the air. Heck and yeah. um, anything else you want to do, any comments, we welcome every comment, good or bad. We want to hear from everybody because we want to get this to be as fan friendly or enemy friendly as humanly possible. Hey, I'll, I'll leave with this. Um, I want to go and kind of call two things is one at the end of the year, I want the brisket wrap up show either prior to the bowl game or after the bowl game, because we're going to a bowl game. By the way, Coastal, don't forget, we're going to a bowl game. We're seven and one. Uh, the some hey, the 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 strut podcast wrap up show at briskets. I want to make sure we get some details on that. Absolutely. We'll have a fake award show and everything. It'd be great. Joe, you got anything you want to add before we take off? No, no, I don't. I've enjoyed the time again tonight, guys. Appreciate you. And uh, looking forward to heading, heading over to Statesboro and picking up win number eight on uh, on Friday. We'll head that way. We'll get the win on Saturday. So, Joe, is it true? Go south till you smell it and east till you step in it? Uh, that's what I've heard. <laughs> that's what I've heard. That sounds so terrible. Good night, y'all. All right, have, have a good, good one, everybody. Thoughts up, baby. All right, fans of the strut, I'm here with Mr. Isaiah Likely, Mackey Award semifinalist. Congrats on the award, man. That's 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 got to be a great accomplishment to to have your recognition as we get toward the end of the season here. Uh, definitely a big blessing. I mean, that was one of the major goals I had uh, coming in this year. So, you know, just stacking up and taking it day, day by day has really been a blessing for me. So tell me about like, because I know you hear a lot of praise that gets heaped on you. How does somebody stay focused on the task at hand, which is, you know, go one and oh every week, work on what you have to do as a teammate first, but yet you're hearing all these accolades and awards come in. How do you stay grounded for somebody, you know, that, that doesn't know anything about that? Uh, realizing that the only reason you get the awards and the accolades and everybody talking about you is really because you're doing what you love and you're doing everything you did to that point at the best of your capability, not really trying to get big headed, not trying to do too much. And always remembering to have fun because at the end of the day, like you never get those moments, you never get that year back. So taking each day uh, step by step, uh, laugh by laugh and really just attacking each and every task you have with a hundred percent focus. Did anybody ask you to stop hurdling players in the game? Uh, my, my coach, uh, coach Dixon definitely told me uh, after the UMass game to stop hurdling and get another move. So I've oh, really well, you had two games in a row where you hurdled somebody. Yeah. 
And we were talking about it on the podcast, you know, a few episodes back. And I was like, if we get a likely hurdle for a third week in a row, we were going to give it some kind of special name. So I'm not <laughs> telling you to go against what your coach is saying. That's not, <laughs> hear me say that, please. I'm not going against your coaching. <laughs> no, um, he, just, uh, he just told me, you know, play smarter. I mean, just keep if, if you can do something else, please do it. But if, if that's all you if that's all, you know, they give you, then go be athlete. Well, I feel like most corners, you're bigger than every single one of them, and safeties. So, I mean, like, it, it, the temptation to knock them down has got to be there too, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, <laughs> it, it, some, it, hurdling is not something I plan on doing. It's just right. a freak thing. It's just like, oh, I'm up here. Might as well just finish it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe pro wrestling's in your future then. Yeah. Um, so, tell me this. We, so those of us that, you know, when we can't go to an away game, we'll catch it on TV or catch a broadcast or whatever. Everybody that we've seen on TV, I don't know if you watch TV coverage of our games post, you know, you guys playing them, but every broadcaster has made the joke um, between you and Hiley that it's highly likely we're going to catch a touchdown pass or, or win at whatever point. Have you and him kind of gotten together on this and kind of maybe tried to, I'm not going to say cash in, but maybe uh, are you, <laughs> Have you gotten tired of it is my question. Uh, I mean, it was, you know, again, kind of kind of corny probably last year when it was all over the place. So truth but be I, told, it's getting yeah. corny. Is that <laughs> but, uh, after a while, like, you just you just fall in love with it for real. I mean, yeah. we, it's it's not like a pro or a con with us. We, you know, like, we're best friends. Like, it's my, it's my brother at the end of the day. So, like, Anytime we can get paired together, on, mm. whether it's on the field or it, our names, we love it now. So it's, it is what it is. You guys are two of the best by far. I, like I told you before you began recording that I've been watching Coastal football since day one. And um, you two guys by far are two of the best ever suit up and wear a teal, man. So we're, we're really proud of you guys and what y'all have been able to put together. And some of your teammates I've had on here so far this season have talked about like when they were around when you know, we weren't winning as many games as an FBS team and to see where we are now in such a short period of time, it's been really cool to see that too. I know you've been around for that too. Um, my first, I guess, major question is going to be, can you kind of tell us about where you're from and what brought you to Coastal? Uh, so uh, I'm from Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, up north, real cold. Uh, really what brought me to Coastal was my official visit. I mean, just the love and the atmosphere I had on my official one, even when I was sick and not trying to come here. Like, just because, like, I didn't want to get nobody sick. I didn't want to be a burden to, like, fun. Uh, the coaches still told me to come in. The coaches welcomed me open arms, and they uh, actually took care of me. I mean, there's a lot of things I didn't really want to do, but they, like, still worked all, all around it to make sure I had a good experience. My family had a good experience. And uh, even when I didn't commit, uh, Coach Jones at the time, uh, Nick Jones, the tight end coach, uh, <clears throat> came back that prior uh, next week and seen the rest of my family and seen the coaches and uh, seeing the ones that didn't come on my official. And that just showed me, like, they're really tied in. They really bought into, like, trying to have me on board and be, a, you know, a part of the Coastal family. And, like, they were showing me love that a lot of schools uh, wasn't showing at the time. And even after I committed, like, that tried to show just because, like, they had seen that they had lost me. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad to hear that they're reaching out because one thing I've heard and a common thread amongst you guys so far this year that I've talked to has been the word family. And how like you feel like you're part of a family, not just everybody's got a role to play, in other words, and, and being a part of that family that um, all your teammates that I've spoken to so far have said is 
the coaches here have brought you guys in no matter where y'all come from because y'all are from all over and you're playing here football and Myrtle Beach and everything and and just being a part of that family means so much to everybody I've talked to so far this year. Nah, 100%. I mean, uh, you know, like offense and defense, you always going to have your differences in practice. But at the end of the day, when Saturday or whatever time game day comes or even after practice, you're all one big happy family. And that's probably what I, uh, you know, I'd say the difference was from them five and seven seasons to last year and even this year is just the chemistry we have. Like you can never uh, really catch anybody without a group of football players around them. Like it used to be, you know, different, different cliques used to walk around campus, walk around everywhere. But like now you see any football kid, we'll stop on campus, we'll help people around. We just, you know, football, our football team now is a brotherhood and we try to help the community around just off the simple fact that uh, we have each other and then we try to have the whole community have us. So in order to have that, you got to show them that you bought into them as well. So tell me this. Now, you were talking about how you guys kind of come together and you kind of alluded to briefly some of the differences that might happen. I have to know who's the best trash talker on the team. <laughs> um, see, defensively, it'd probably be CJ. Offensively, it'd probably be me. But. You know, I try to stay. So when we all football, I try to stay, you know, I'm a real, real presentable, real gentleman like, but in between the lines, probably the contenders would probably be Grayson and Trey Carter. But now you see wow. Trey and, and Grayson on TV sometimes because yeah. the last game against Troy, I, I'll be honest, I, I think he took some shots. Yeah. Post post play and everything, and even kind of close to out of bounds. I, I stood up out of my recliner one time and pointed to the TV about it. Um, and I saw him jawing back. So I, I know he's got to be a trash talker. And I went to the Cure Bowl last year, so I could see him on the field yeah. know, directing. And even <laughs> when he got hurt and came back out, he was still fired up and ready to go. That's pretty cool when you're quarterback. And then, I mean, to see him to get that fired up and be a competitor like that. No, nah, definitely. I mean, uh, with 10, you know, his love and compassion for his brother is always going to shine on the field. So, you know, sometimes it, it seems like trash talk, but it's really just him sticking up for – uh, one of his brothers or it's him just, you know, expressing his love and gratitude to the team or it's just him just letting you guys know that we're going to be here a while because this offense is just so explosive on all cylinders. So um, I've got a sister-in-law that's from Massachusetts. And we're about to jump into, you know, the mullet minute part where you get to talk about what you want to talk about. And I thought about something that I want to ask you about that I want to hear you talk about. Um, she told me when I went up to Boston for their wedding. And they're probably sitting in their car listening, just kind of cringing right now at this point. But I'm going to ask you this question. I went up to – did a Fenway Park tour, did all the Boston touristy things, that kind of stuff. I'm a history major at Coastal, so I love Boston. I love history, so I'm going to be nerding out while I'm there. Um, you're from Cambridge. That's where Harvard is, right? Yes, sir. So um, tell me about, like, uh, did you have a chance to experience the cranberry bogs, all that uh, kind of stuff and everything like that, or, or is that not on your wheelhouse? I don't think it's in my wheelhouse. I probably did it as a, as a middle school or a child, only for the simple fact that, like, it's because it's Harvard, but, like, I mm -hmm. don't necessarily remember. Did so you I go to Harvard or did you ever visit the campus and everything? Yeah, you, you visit uh, Harvard University when you're um, middle school, really. Uh, high school, not really, but middle school, you definitely take that tour only for the simple fact that, like, most middle schools in Cambridge, like the ones I, I, I went to, is, like, right there. So, like, for a field trip, you might just walk around and just see big giants as a time at the time mm -hmm. 
just walking around campus. And it was, it was fun. That's pretty cool. Cause your, your field trip is to go to Harvard. When I was in ninth grade, it took us to the courthouse. <laughs> your field trip was better, man, by far. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, one thing I want to ask you about too is Massachusetts to South Carolina. How much of a culture shock was that for you? Um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm still trying to get used to it. Only, <laughs> well, not trying to still get used to it, but still accumulating to the driving aspect. Everything else, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much a go for. But uh, you learn that up north is a lot more mean than mm-hmm. it is for uh, South Carolina, where they where they say no, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Uh, you know, just just simple simple stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I brought up north to my family. Uh, my my grandma from Tennessee, so she she uh you know caught it off. You know, just like oh, so that's you know you you finally get uh, accustomed to down there. So it was just a uh, quick you know funny remarks like that, and then really just um uh, the driving aspect, not having too many street lights and uh, stoplights. I mean. Mm-hmm. When you catch a stoplight in South Carolina, it's way different up north traffic. I mean, up north, you're sitting at the light for probably like two to three minutes. In mm-hmm. South Carolina, you probably sitting there for like five to seven, maybe 10. And you just, it's dragging, it's dragging, it's dragging. And then like South Carolina is just road. Uh, <laughs> a lot of roads. Well, yeah, it's just a, <laughs> a lot of road. I mean, and up north, it's if it's not a stop sign or a street light, it's a turn here, turn there, highway there, cars there. So like, it's just a lot harder. I feel like driving down here than it is up there just for the simple fact that like you could sometimes like you space out that's, Oh my, I'm, I'm driving because all you see is road. Yeah. So, um, I get the impression you're the guy sitting at the stoplight with his finger on the steering wheel tapping and I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm the guy that does like, move I, faster. Yeah. So I like I'm trying to learn South Carolina like roads and streets only for a simple fact that like now I try to try to see if I can work around a stoplight. Like if I, if I know that light's uh, red up there, okay, what street can I take here to go the other way? Gotcha. Around this? Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm, I live in Charleston area, but I grew up in Myrtle beach and I, I, I get that because highway <laughs> 501 is awful. Is it yeah. not? Even when I was a little kid, there wasn't 22 or whatever you can take to kind of get around stuff. All we yeah. had was 501. So if I wanted to go to the beach, I had to sit in 501 traffic. With yeah. no other roads. <laughs> so it's terrible. I get what you're saying, yeah. man. Um, so do you have anything you, uh, as far as name, image, likeness you're endorsing these days? You got anything going on with that? Uh, no, only for a simple fact that um, I just want, you know, just keep ahead of steam on my senior year, just focus on straight football. I had opportunities, but it's just um, those, those will come, uh, Lord willing, uh, in my next step mm-hmm. with the NFL. Uh, just, you know, keeping that level-headed and just one step at a time, just making sure I can give Coastal all I got my life. That's awesome. So I have to ask you about, you, you mentioned the NFL. Have you had a lot of scouts contact you? How does that work? Because most people have no idea. Like, if you're a good college player like you are and you've got the, that potential to play at the next level, I hear about scouts showing up. But what if you can talk about it, can you kind of give people who don't know anything about it, like what that is like and what you go through when it comes to that kind of stuff? Um, so the scouts don't really necessarily talk to you. It's the agent process. Mm-hmm. The agents, for the most part, talk to you uh, day in. Yeah, they tell you what uh, scouts are saying about you. But uh, scouts show up to the field to uh, observe and get uh, details about you. And that comes from them coming to uh, practice, from them watching film, 
upstairs, from them just, you know, just touring the facility, from them walking in the weight room. They don't necessarily talk to you. They talk to the coaches and the coaches uh, either have a lot of good things to say, which they usually do just off of them recruiting you or they uh, tell you uh, your strengths and weaknesses and what you got to work on. So I know you probably will say you don't really care where you go or when you go as long as you get to go, right? 100%. But I got to ask you, you've got to have a team that you really want to go play for. If you had to pick uh, one, if you're I – mean, can I rephrase that question? If you are on Madden and you're about to get drafted from the Madden game, <laughs> where do you want to go to? See, Madden is different because Madden, you just go somewhere – that's a Super Bowl contending team where you just add. Well, now the old Madden used to draft you. When I had the NCAA uh, game, you could export see, and you could get drafted yeah, by a team. So, and if I didn't like the team, I'd reset so it Madden, and go back and play for somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> so Madden, now you just, you know, just make a player, make it, make all the characteristics and you just pick where you want to go. And it's just, you go. Did you make ball. yourself on Madden and go somewhere? Uh, see, on Madden, see, on Madden, I didn't, I didn't choose to be a tight end. I choose to be a DB. So I was a DB. That's on, interesting. Yeah, so I was DB on the uh, the Rams. So, so is, is, is the Rams where you where you would like to go if you could pick? As a DB, yeah, but okay. uh, as a <laughs> as an offensive player, I don't really. I mean, I necessarily don't have a favorite team in the NFL. Only for the simple fact that I like players. I like what I like watching players. Mm-hmm. So just for the simple fact that like I just you know like love watching people perfect their craft. So just watching uh, players and uh, I mean that's just so. Who's your favorite NFL tight end right now? Uh, right now, it'd probably be a blend of Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and then a little bit of um, Zach Ertz. Okay. Kittle's my fantasy tight end. Okay. So I feel like we, me and you are here now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I have enjoyed talking to you. Um, I, we were talking about people we wanted to get, and I've told other players this, but I, honestly, when we put this part together, and I'm going to conclude with this, um, Isaiah Likely was at the top of our list. You were like one of the top two or three people we actually had to get. And I promise you, this is probably going to be one of the biggest podcasts we've had all season because your name is going to be attached to it, man. Um, I have enjoyed talking to you and getting to know you. Um, you always have, we always have your back because I'm one of the guys in section 105 that's screaming okay. out people's names. I'm the one with the weird hat. That's me. Okay. So, I got to look for you at home coming in. I got to look Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be there, man. Trust me. Trust me. Um, but listen, I've enjoyed talking to you and getting to know you, um, everybody that listens to our podcast, we even have people from opposing teams listen to our podcast now. So they've got to know you too, which is even better. So they know what's coming hurdle or bulldozer truck, whatever you want to call it, man, just go ahead and bring it. Um, but Isaiah, man, it's been really good to talk to you. I appreciate you stopping by with us. Um, and I look forward to you, you know, your success going forward, what you do post coastal. You know, I'll always say that I had a chance to speak to Isaiah Likely when he was just a coastal player, right? Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it, man. Anytime, my man. Fans, we love hearing from you. You can interact with our show at The Strut Podcast on Twitter, at The Strut Podcast on Instagram, our Facebook page conveniently called The Strut Podcast, and you can give us feedback on the Look Here Bubba talk back line. That link where you can do so is shared each time we drop an episode on one of our social media platforms, or you can go to The Strut Podcast page 
wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get it, you can find that link there. We love your feedback. We love hearing from you. We'll catch you next week. Hopefully we'll be discussing a Georgia Southern victory and getting ourselves ready for the next game. We'll have another mullet minute and all the hilarious hijinks you've come to expect from your friends here at The Strut. Shots up.